All right, it's time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Happy Monday, Keith. Good to be here. Okay, let's talk about the breaking news here this morning out of Ottawa with the federal government, as anticipated here, announcing some loosening of the travel mm. restrictions across the border. So they're scrapping that uh, hotel quarantine program that was a bit of a flop to begin with. But. Yeah, 14 days, not everybody was following it. This isn't the big easing of restrictions that people are looking for. This will affect relatively few people. These are Canadians returning home. Um, these are not tourists. This is, uh, and again, have to be fully vaccinated, so two doses, and have to test negative for COVID-19 at least once. So, uh, Okay, again, very go-slow approach here. On yeah, the it, it, we're going to be opening the border in phases. The, the big one is when tourists can come with two doses uh, yeah. in their arms. And you know, right now the, ex- uh, the border has been closed, the extension to July 21st. That can always be changed. And that's been confirmed by the Americans, by the way, yeah, so yesterday. I still think there's a good possibility at the end of, end of July we could see uh, further easing of restrictions of limiting crossing the border to essential yeah. travel and people fully vaccinated. Maybe not as quick as some people would like. Certainly the tourism sector has been asking for a quicker reopening, but this is what we're looking at. So let's play uh, Patty Hydu here, the Federal Minister of Health, just a short time ago, announcing some of these changes to the quarantine rules. Beginning on July 5th, full vaccinated, fully vaccinated travelers who are permitted to enter Canada will no longer be subject to the federal requirement to quarantine. Fully vaccinated travelers will not be required to take a COVID-19 test on day eight or stay at a government authorized hotel. Okay, so you still have to get, before you return to Canada, you would still have to have a negative COVID test mm-hmm. before you come mm-hmm. back to Canada, yep. right? Yep. And then you'd have to take another one when you get here. Yeah, so, right? uh, and again, you have to have um, two vaccines. Again, this yeah. this is effect, This is going to affect a relatively small yeah. part of the population. Yeah. This isn't the big one. The big one is being able to cross the border to travel for pleasure purposes, tourism purposes. But again, that's likely to be limited to people with uh, two vaccinations. And interestingly, Canada... As you and I talked about before, uh, lags the United States in the number of people with two doses. Yeah, so it's a very it's much smaller percentage of people who have received two doses of the vaccine. Now, here's Patty Hydu, the federal health minister, talking on this point, that these changes, for people who are not fully vaccinated, they still got to follow the rules. Here she is. For travelers who are not fully vaccinated, I want to remind you that there are no changes to Canada's current border measures, and you must continue to adhere to the current testing and federal quarantine requirements. And whether you're fully vaccinated or not, if you're coming into Canada, it is crucial to plan in advance to ensure you're meeting all travel requirements. Okay, Patty Hyde, there, the federal health minister. Yeah, so we're uh, right now about 20% of Canadians yeah. are fully vaccinated. Uh, and that, that number goes up uh, about a point a day, a little more than a point a day, because almost all the doses being administered right now are second doses. Certainly in BC, we're doing about 60, 65,000 doses a day, about 50 to 55,000 of those every day are second doses. Our, our first dose vaccination rate is over 76%. It's climbing by 0.2 a day. So it takes about five days for it to go up a point. Our hmm. second dose rate is climbing about 1.2 points a day. Hmm. So you're going to see the second uh, dose vaccination rate, you know, start to hit 30%, 40%. Uh, very quickly, but it's going to be it's going to take some time to get our first dose up to 80, 85 percent. OK, we just had a rock'em sock'em debate here yeah. on the show about home equity taxes <laughs> and whether you should pay a capital gains tax when you sell your, your home, if it's your principal residence. The homeowner's grant, which was brought in in B.C. in the 1950s 
by wacky wacky bennett and uh, nobody would dare touch it but it was interesting to see this government commissioned report that was headed up by joy mcphail Mm -hmm. uh the former ndp finance minister saying that uh, they should they should bring in capital gains taxes on on properties uh, the home sales and or they should scrap this homeowners grant now we just had a debate on this topic now alex hemingway canadian center for policy alternatives now he actually thinks this is a great idea. We should uh, bring in these tax, get rid of these tax loopholes, as he describes them. Did, did you ask Alex about whether he owns a home? <laughs> Maybe I should have. I should have asked him that. Um, let me play a, a short clip of what he had to say here, and then get your thoughts, Alex Hemingway. Well, you know, it's worth noting that the government has said that they don't want to do this. So this was an expert yeah. panel report saying we should. And I, I agree with the panel. You know, this is we know we're in a housing crisis here. Look, we know prices are far too high. They've continued to rise. Uh, this has big consequences for people on the outside of the housing market, for renters. Uh, and, you know, these are policies, these types of tax breaks actually make things worse. They lead to uh, further price inflation. Okay, so he, there he is calling for, you know, a, a home equity tax. Well, effectively, this thing was DOA. Um, you know, some things may make sense uh, policy-wise, but good policies doesn't make good politics. You know, <laughs> yeah. um, the the dry analysis of a home equity tax sounds nice on paper. You put it into real life, and you're you're going to get booted out of office very quickly if you're the politician trying to implement it. The same challenge. You know, look at bridge tolls. There's a lot of public policy that suggests uh, tolling and road pricing makes a lot of sense. I dare the politician to be first to try to come in with some of this stuff. Because well, they're looking at it in Vancouver, mobility pricing. We're going to talk about that later. Yeah, in the they're looking at it, and it's it's, it's very uh, – we've talked about this before. Vancouver, this is a litmus test, whether they can pull this off. Uh, so, you know, it's, somebody's got to go first on this. And you're not going to see the B.C. government be first to tax home equity. Okay, well, on Homeowners that- Grant, though, I think is a more – I think that's more of a target and politically than equity in your home. Well, oh, I don't know, though. I mean, that's a that's a bit of a political kryptonite one for oh, government, it, it, too. It, it, is, it is. But if you had to pick one in terms of which one would go uh, be implemented first, I'd pick the home, uh, scrapping the homeowners okay. grant because that's not nearly as much money as home equity. Okay. Well, the B.C. government saying that even though they commissioned this report, this was a former NDP cabinet minister brought in the report, the government pretty pretty much running for cover on this thing immediately saying, oh, don't worry, we're not going yeah, to tax, your, Robinson, we're not gonna tax your home. Yeah, let's play this. So that's uh, B.C. finance. Minister Selena Robinson here talking about these recommendations on home equity taxes, and here's what she said. The, minute, the federal finance minister and myself, we said, well, we're not going to act on two of the recommendations. Uh, that we have no appetite uh, for either of those recommendations. I think it's the right decision on the federal government's part, uh, and I know it's the right decision on our part in terms of what, what our responsibilities are. Uh, I think that's good for for homeowners. Yeah, we have we have no appetite for people with yeah. pitchforks away, and burning torches. Run away! Yeah, I remember, I remember years ago, about 10, 12 years ago. Remember the, the federal NDP under Jack Layton floated the idea of a of taxing home equity, yeah. and in BC that was met with absolute outrage, and they sort of had to recede from that position because it's a it's a white hot political issue. It's just not going to happen. What do you do about home affordability though? Then I mean, you got to do something. They should, don't shouldn't they just build more build. stuff? Build more stuff, build yeah. more housing units, and municipalities have to start getting out of the way with all these uh, processes and densities uh, to make way for more housing. I mean, I've talked to developers who say it can take five years from, from first, uh, you know, make the decision to build to actually 
get approval to build. So it's uh, and it varies from municipality to municipality. Some have better records than others, but municipal municipal governments play a big role in this as well, and they can be obstacles. Okay, real quickly, where we're at with the pandemic, the number is still looking good, but we got that Delta variant out there. Yeah, so the right? Delta variant of concern is considered problematic because it's more transmissible. It can lead to more hospitalizations. It's not necessarily more lethal, but it can be more serious illness. It's really wreaking havoc in the United Kingdom right now. It's ca- causing them to pause their their uh, restart plans. I've got a column out this week looking at the fact that in in the United Kingdom, where it's hitting is 20-year-olds, people under 30, uh, disproportionately are getting, just as COVID-19 hits under 30, that's the biggest age cohort in terms of COVID numbers is 20 to 30. But the Delta variant is hitting that group particularly hard in the UK. And I've got a piece pointed out in BC, we made a decision, or public health made a decision, Dr. Danuta Skaronsky at Center for uh, Disease Control, Made the or made the argument, and it was supported by Dr. Henry, to increase that interval to 16 weeks. That was BC was one of the first to do that. As a result, we immunized way more young people in their 20s than other jurisdictions, many other jurisdictions, including the UK. We've got about 67 percent of people in their 20s have been got at least one dose versus 24 percent in the UK. That's why we're in a better situation to well, take on the Delta variant. Does that one dose slow down the Delta variant though? It, it, it does, but it okay. doesn't. It doesn't make it totally effective. You need two doses, so right. we're still at risk because one dose isn't anywhere near as effective as two doses. But right now, we just had a report on Friday, the update for the variants of control, and the Delta variant went from being nine percent of the cases the week previous to three percent of the cases. So it's not getting out of oh. control here, but you have to good. be on guard. All right. Baldry's Beat, Keith Baldry, your calls to him, 604-280-9898, star 9898 on your cell. Don in Surrey. Hi, Don. Hi, there. Hi. Just got a quick question about the AstraZeneca vaccine. Once sure. the border reopens, do you think the U.S. is going to accept that, an acceptable vaccination? I do. I think uh, you're going to see reality take root here. Right now, it's sort of a, a big concept about whether certain vaccines are going to be allowed in or or not you had the infamous bruce springsteen situation where the promoter right. backed down and now is allowing astrazeneca people to come in is that it, was a very short-lived ban on astrazeneca to go see the springsteen show now they, i've been to five springsteen shows so it doesn't matter to me that i'm going to get my second dose of astrazeneca today at one o'clock so oh. I'm an AstraZeneca. I got my first dose of AstraZeneca. I have no problems getting the second dose. It's an effective vaccine. It, it's in the United States uh, economic self-interest not to discriminate on the basis of vaccines. The United Kingdom is the fourth largest uh, supplier of tourists to the United States. You're actually, and that's where basically 80% of the people in that, uh, that United Kingdom have AstraZeneca. Wow. Are you actually, the United States is actually going to say no to people who basically flood New York City and, and flood Broadway shows, that's not going to happen. Right, and it's been approved by the World Health Organization. It has, and you're going to so. see, yeah, there's other vaccines as well. Jan, for some um, myster- mysterious reason, we still haven't got Janssen up here, Johnson & Johnson. But, uh, you know, there's going to be a list of vaccines that are approved by the World Health Organization, and you're going to be free to travel with them. And that includes AstraZeneca. So you're getting, you had the AstraZeneca first shot, and now you're getting the AstraZeneca booster later yeah. today. And you could have got the Pfizer or Moderna, though, right? I could have, but this was put in front of me first. And yeah. um, the pharmacy phoned me three times trying to track me down. And I said, well, okay, I'll, I'll get uh, I'll If they had the offered shot. you the Pfizer first, would you have taken that? Probably, yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay. I'm, uh, uh, the vaccines are all good, and I'm yeah. not. Just take the one that's put in front of you first, and this was put in front of me first. Glenn and Langley, hi, Glenn. 
Morning, Mike. Uh, talking Hi. about more taxes on personal property. Yeah. Um, how about let's making property taxes fair for everyone? No tax increase is needed for the regular people on city property. Tax one acre on farm property and the city tax rate since they use the same amenities everyone else uses. Example, schools, hospitals, police, water, sewers, roads, etc. I have no problem with them building these huge mansions on um, farm property, but they should pay their fair share. No excuse about not being able to afford the taxes since they were able to come up with the money to build these homes to begin with. Okay, th- thank, thank you. Very you. Much. Thanks Bye-bye. for the call. Yeah, well, if you can get if you can get zoned as a farm, you're going to pay a lower tax. Yeah, but you know what? Like you can tell that a lot of these politicians, they must be looking at this built-up home equity values across the country and just drooling. Well, I think the politi- way we can get a cut of this. I think politicians around the world are looking at potential revenue streams because yeah. uh, the traditional revenue streams aren't funding what's required, and the pandemic has exacerbated the problem. And you can't simply tap into increasing property taxes or even income taxes uh, uh, to the point of actually being able to fund these things. So, so they're looking for new ways to raise money. And that includes mobility pricing. It includes home equity taxes. But again, uh, the politician who goes first here may not have a long career. <laughs> okay. 604-280-9898 is the number. Star 9898 on your cell. Kinley in Port Moody. Hi. Hi. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Sure. I'd just like to know when when you think we're going to be able to do uh, short trips to the States, like cross-border shopping, going down for a, a day uh, back in the evening. I'm going on a cruise in November. Uh, mm-hmm. How do I get a test on a cruise ship when I'm flying back the same day that I come back from the cruise? Where, where are you going on your cruise? Uh, Caribbean. And where do you leave from? You going down to the United States for that? Oh, yeah, unfortunately, yeah, Miami, worst place at all. Okay, you're not, you're not worried about getting on a cruise ship, huh? I'm waiting till November. I've got six months for it to sort itself yeah. out. Okay, Kenley, thank you for the call. Yeah, so, I mean, cruise ships, I think, would have a protocol for testing and yeah. such and vaccination requirements. Most people are going to have, in, in Canada and the States, we're going to have the vast majority of the population fully vaccinated by November. I don't think November cruise is an issue. In terms of going cross-border shopping, I still think late July. I, yeah, late July, early August. I still think it's no. a possibility in in this summer because uh, more and more people are fully vaccinated. Particularly in the United States, more than half the population down there has two doses. Let's go to Dwight on the line in Kelowna. Hi, Dwight. Hey, Dwight. That's just criminal. Uh, for a lot of us who aren't don't have indexed pensions till the day we die. Um, I've, I'm 65. I've had to survive building my assets through like seven recessions. Um, your home is one of your, your final tools to make sure you can live a decent life when you retire. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I think government should, first thing they should do is go through their own expenses and clean up and get rid of waste and, and get, it, get it more productive and look where they sit and then look at where else they can get revenue. I lived in Ladner for years. I'm in Kelowna now. I pay taxes. Um, not that we had a lot of snowfalls. I never saw a snowplow. Um, <laughs> we don't get a ton of services that we don't pay yeah. for already. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous. It's, it's okay. absolutely criminal. Well, thank you. The fact that the finance minister ran away from this so quickly yeah. is telling uh, where the politicians are at. They know they're not going to touch this. It's it's easy for a, a a panel with no no uh, you know chip in the game to come in with a recommendation like this. Quite another to expect a government to fall through. Yeah, the finance minister folded faster than Superman, Superman on in laundry. laundry. Oh, you you step you <laughs> stole my line. She folded faster than <laughs> Superman on laundry day. 